Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Michael Kay. Michael is a head men and women's bowling coach at St. Xavier University. Michael, Tim Berg here, and Coach K, Steve Klemkin, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. It's a great chance to talk about my program and just talk bowling in general. Yeah, well, let's begin here. You guys, uh, both your men and women's team, had a had a very good tournament back in, in September. You guys winning an event there. How nice is it to get a win under your belt in September relatively early in the season and, and see things moving along and, and, and progressing there with uh, with the team and uh, and how you guys are bowling? Well, that, it was great for us as our program is, you know, our, our fifth year of competition. We've never finished first in a tournament in the standings before. So it was the first for both men and women to do that. So it was very exciting to have that option. Uh, available to us because we've never done it and the men won it convincingly which is even more exciting for them uh where the women was a little bit closer we had to battle to the end to to get that win but it was great that we got off to a good start uh just kind of give us a chance to see where we're at at the program um in our fifth year with a lot of you know some new players in the mix and allowing us to work with some of the veterans too so so what do you kind of what do you attribute those the, the wins on both sides there uh, from what, what do you attribute that to being able to win on both the men's and the women's like you said one was kind of a runaway victory and the other one was a real tight finish well, the men just got off to a great start they they must have found a shot in the lane that the, uh, no other team could find and they were able to hit it all day uh in a team event i mean we shot 60 300 or something like that i can't remember the exact number but we had a couple guys go plus 200 another guy was plus 120 so, I mean, we, I, I know it's a 6,500. So just to be able to blow the shot open where nobody else could is, is a fantastic uh, feather in their cap that they executed shots that nobody else could. And the women did it the other way. We, we struggled a little bit in the team day. Uh, and then for some reason, the second day, we, we were a little more solid on the Baker games and some of the other teams we were able to pass them on the Baker day. So it was kind of a difference on both sides. And I was just proud of the women because they're a young group uh, and trying to learn on the fly with them and trying to figure out how their games work is, is tough when you're in the middle of competition. Well, like you said, uh, you guys are a rel- relatively young program, and it was a full full squad of teams there. There, there was uh, sometimes me and Steve will look through the standings and we'll see, and there's only, uh, you know, anytime you win, a win is a win, obviously, but there's maybe only eight or ten teams, and you look and you see who's there. But you guys went up on uh, on uh, and and beat some of the heavy hitters already, so that has to has to have the other teams on notice as well that you guys are there and, and you're going to be there throughout the season. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I do the same thing as you guys do. It's, it's great to win, uh, but when you're going up against teams that usually beat you year in, year, in, year out, it's it's really nice to be able to show them and, and to show our own players. Sometimes they look at the schedule and go, oh, man, these teams are there. And I said, you know, we always try to tell them it doesn't matter what they do. There's no defense. So if we do our job, we'll be right with them all the way to the end and, and make sure we're competitive throughout. And you've got, it really appears, I mean, from, from going through, you've got a lot of different uh, – sort of steps and stages along your career what what do you feel has has brought you to the position here of being a head coach and what kind of experiences did you have um 
prior to this, as far as coaching high school and, and being assistant coach and, and such? The one thing I have always attributed is I, I just keep trying to keep learning more about the coaching side, just try to find new ways to make the players better. Uh, you may even back to high school days when I coached at Romeoville High School out here as a suburb of Chicago, coached there for five years, and just kind of really didn't know much about coaching. I, I knew how to bowl a little bit on my own, self-made bowler, and just kind of used my own experiences while I coached and realized there was a lot more to it than that and just kind of keep learning from year to year. Uh, I was lucky enough to work at University of St. Francis for three years as well as they started their program. And then lucky enough that St. Xavier uh, hired me six years ago now that I started the program there. And just kind of, like I said, keep learning and learn from the kids, see what they need and help them make them better bowlers because that's that's our life, that's our program goal all the time for every one of our student athletes is to make them better. Whether they bowl varsity, JV, or if they move on to leagues and tournaments when they you know get out of school, I just want to make everybody more successful at the sport. So when it comes to, like you're saying, you guys are located there, Chicagoland suburbs, very competitive uh, collegiate bowling market, great bowling market in general. How are you guys trying to recruit kids from that area? Looking at your roster, it's a lot of folks from uh, from Illinois, but how are you guys trying to recruit and set yourself apart from the other teams in the area? Well, you, you hit it on the head there. It's a tough area. Uh, we're lucky in Illinois that high school bowling in Illinois is really big. There's hundreds of teams that compete every year so we don't have to travel far being from chicago uh, if you look at every other roster out there across the country there's always kids from illinois on their rosters especially the chicagoland area so it is competitive that trying to keep some of these uh, talented athletes home uh, and just trying to work you know my goal is to make that our program a destination so where kids say hey i want to go to that school because i know i'm going to get good coaching i know we're going to be competitive and and have a chance for nationals every year while I go there. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, we're looking at either whether it's the coaches or athletes in our sport, I think that are really heavily, and it's like bowling is all they do, you know, and they've really just kind of immersed themselves in the sport to a point to where they don't really play or participate in a lot of different sports. But you actually, you had some experience as well at the, you know, very competitive level in what both soccer and baseball, right? Correct. I, I was a three-sport high school athlete, and bowling wasn't one of them, and a two-sport collegiate athlete where bowling wasn't one of them. Um, I think wow. I've been in a bowling family. I was in a bowling family forever. Uh, my dad turned 75 next month, and he's still bowling. He's been bowling since he was a kid. So we were always around the sport. Just my high school didn't have boys bowling, and we didn't. Youth leagues wasn't as big back then as they seem to be now. Um, and especially with all the youth tournaments in our in the Chicagoland area as well, there's so many youth tournaments out there that. I just played other sports growing up, and I, to me, I was I tell my players and I recruit. I love when kids are athletes because they they're more adept to make changes sometimes with their physical game because uh, they have different muscle groups to work with. Um, you know, basketball players, baseball players, they have some flexibility there. Where bowlers kind of gets not saying they're stuck in their ways, but sometimes you know they've been doing it for so long in that way that it's, it's a little more challenging to make adjustments sometimes. But you know, being an athlete has definitely helped my game personally. Uh, being able to just feel things and know how your body works considering uh, not just being that monotonous bowler and using those muscle groups. And I think the cool thing too could be, I mean, at least kind of thinking with these different sports is you being in three sports in high school and two in college, you experienced a number of uh, different coaches where you, you were, I got to imagine maybe you've had, because you have had more coaches, you've been able to maybe draw from some different either coaching styles or maybe some principles 
that worked really well uh, in the other sports. Is that is that safe to say? Uh, I would agree. Uh, I mean, I wasn't always it's something like basketball, for example. I wasn't the uh, correct body type to be a stud basketball player, but I had to learn the sport, uh, know the offense in and out to be you know, on the team and be a starter slash you know first off the bench kind of player. So I had to understand the game more where that that's really what helped me translate. So kind of in some of those sports, I was kind of like a player coach back then too, where I, I knew what need, needed to be done uh, and the coaches could rely on me to be ready for those uh, when they, when it came to that. So I, I kind of probably used that a lot in my, my own personal coaching and just knowing that it's not bowling is hard to be a rah, rah sport. You know, you got the highs and the lows, but you know, it's not football where you can pump somebody up and, and try to get them kind of like too wild because you get in bowling, got to be relaxed. You got to throw the ball relaxed. You can't be tense and be super excited, you know? And so I've kind of mm-hmm. learned that as well. Um, you know, and that's kind of been my demeanor since day one is I'm, you know, we get excited when we're going well and we get in that situation, but overall we do have to be uh, relaxed and be able to execute our shots, you know, just like it's any other shot. And where does I gotta it- jump in real quick, Tim, I'm, I'm sorry, but that just, that leads me right. I just recently had a very, interesting conversation with John Burkett, who is a major league ball pitcher uh, there pitched for the Giants and the Rangers in Boston. And, uh, and he's a fantastic bowler as well. And, and I was asking him about that, you know, what are the similarities or differences between major league baseball and being on the pitcher's mound uh, with all the, you know, the roars and the cheers and stuff versus bowling. And he, he said that, you know, when you're pitching all the energy and excitement and stuff works in your advantage, you know, works to your advantage, being able to, throw the ball harder, help you focus, whatever. And in bowling, you're trying to do just the opposite. You're trying to completely quiet your mind. And so it's exactly what you said was, was the exact same thing I had just heard from John. So that's just so interesting. Oh, I, lucky guess. No. <laughs> uh, but no, in bowling, it's hard, to be, it's hard to be tense and bowl well. You have to have loose muscles. And it, they even talk about that with baseball pitchers sometimes. When they're overly excited, they overthrow and they get wild. And that's the same thing that happens with bowlers. Well, I was just hoping to hit a little bit on the mental side of bowling because I believe that's something it's maybe hit on a little bit on the high school level, but not as not as uh, not as much as you can go into on on the collegiate side of things. So, what is your philosophy when it comes to coaching the mental game for your players, and then how that progresses with them from uh, you know from their their first couple of days as a freshman making the team to to where they progress through the program. Well, the big thing we try to tell them, it's, it's similar to, you know, you brought up John Burkett. It's a lot of like baseball, you know, it's a game of failure. Um, you know, kind of got to get prepared for that because you're not going to strike every frame. You know, if you don't strike, you failed that first shot. Now you can make your spare, but if you miss that, you failed that too. So just like baseball where it's really, there's a lot of failure involved and how you handle that is key and, and getting to learn from high school that you can't just shoot, throw a six bagger to make up for your open frame. You really have to, you know, execute mm-hmm. your shot and stay, stay within the moment. You know, and that's the biggest thing we work on and uh, talk to them a lot about how they feel about the shot. What what did they notice when they threw it? You know, watch the ball reaction. Because if you leave a 10 pin, odds are you did something incorrect. Um, and trying to explain that to them so they don't get so, you know, a lot of players get so upset and they because they, they leave a 10 pin. And then it's, it's not it's not about that. It's about understanding why you left it, make it move on. And I know with college bowling, you have so many, so many players, you know, playing on the lanes at the same time, the lanes transition a lot faster than, than maybe they do and what they're used to, right? 
definitely on the men's side. Uh, that's why men's programs usually take a little longer to develop. Um, and we, we witnessed that ourselves, and I witnessed that a little bit at St. Francis. It's just that there's so much rev right on your side that you're not used to making so many adjustments and getting that far left on the lane and, you know, having to lost gutters, which I know they all hate. But <laughs> uh, but just kind of getting used to that is really challenging. And I think we finally, our program has finally understood that, how to play the lanes better. And we saw that early on with some of our successes that, you know, finding the spot that you, you give you that little bit of misroom and then attack it. And when it comes to coaching, since you coach both teams and you have you have a couple assistants as well that help you, how do you handle coaching the men versus the women and, and how you work with them and, and what you're able to uh, how you're able to communicate with them? Because me and Steve, we've talked to coaches and, and they'll say it's completely different when you're talking to a, a male athlete versus a female athlete. I think, I mean, if you have a competitive athlete, it, you can talk. It doesn't, I don't think it matters which way you talk to them as much, um, as long as they get that information. And they, they, they have, we have to like kind of in a prove it mode early on in the year. You know, if I say stand here, throw here, and if it doesn't work, they kind of give you a look, look well, what was wrong with that coach? Um, you know, once you build up that rapport with the players, it's the same conversation. It's just all about lane play, ball choice, and trying to execute a shot. And, then once the shot's over, we can discuss and digest what happened and make sure we understand why things are happening or what happened to that shot compared to one of your normal shots or whatever it takes. Um, but that conversation is kind of the same. Um, just making sure if they're competitive, they'll, they want to learn. They want to get better. and They want to understand it. And once they do that, you know, we, can, we can really keep progressing the team and keep fighting for each other. Yeah, we actually have one of our, uh, here at Storm right now, we actually one of the all-time greats on the PWBA Tour, uh, Kelly Kulik, and talk about a great competitor. And she actually likes a lot of that detailed uh, kind of high-level tech in, in trying to learn and understand more about what happens. And I think you hit the nail on the head before, too. You said, like, a lot of times a player might think that, well, they left a 10-10 or a 7 or something like that and think it was just, uh, bad luck, but it, uh, you know, there's really a lot more to it and exactly what's happening out there on the lanes and pin carry and ball reaction and everything. It's, there's usually a reason why stuff happens, right? Oh, it keeps you on an even keel. I mean, I do that in my own bowling. I'll, I get throw a shot and I'll think it's a 10 pin and people are like, that what you got robbed. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it was, it was not good. And I got on a house shot, you get away with it. You might strike. And, but on these score patterns, you can't get away with it. And, uh, you know, like, hey, you missed right a couple boards that came back. It just didn't have the energy to carry. And understanding all that keeps you at mental game a lot, a lot more in keel because, you know, we don't fall off the cliff there and, you know, you know get depressed and get frustrated. And, you know, that affects your next how many frames until you kind of get out of that. And that's, we really try to stay in the moment there and, you know, get a couple second memory, you know, forgive and, you know, forget about it, move on. You know, sometimes it's hard to do that. So as you guys have had some early success, what's next for you guys? What what are some of the goals you set for the teams, and what goals did the did your team set for themselves? I would suspect they each did that themselves as well when they went into the beginning of the season. So what goals uh, what goals are left for you guys, or what are you guys hoping to accomplish? Well, I know the number one ultimate goal is a national championship, of course. Um, and we we're, we're an NAI school, so we tr- we haven't. We haven't made that national tournament as well, so we're looking to make that this year as well as uh, qualify out of sectionals to make the ITCs, which we've never done either. So those have been our ultimate goals from day one, you know, first day of the program. 
I said, you know, our goal here is to win national championship. Uh, every class we bring in, that's the goal for everybody. And um, we haven't got that far yet. We haven't broken that seal. So we're, that's our ultimate goal this year. Uh, and just compete, compete every frame till the end. Um, never know when uh, that last 130 game, because you kind of gave up, could haunt you later on in the season, uh, especially with our NAIA rankings. And we we just need to finish, uh, keep working hard, uh, learn from every experience, and we'll we'll get to that goal by the end of the year. Yeah, I I gotta agree with you. Follow that. That's a uh, definitely a game plan for success. So uh, hey, thanks so much for joining us today, Coach. It was uh, truly a pleasure having you on. We'll keep an eye on you and want to wish you the best as you're uh, working towards that goal, towards the national championships. And appreciate your time and and wish you the best of luck. No, thank you guys for uh, considering us. Um, I know San Xavier's still on the on the new side when it comes to college bowling, but hopefully we can change that soon enough this year and and put ourselves on the map even more and more. And I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out and putting me on online here so we can uh, discuss bowling a little bit.